the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And we have a real treat for you today. In a few moments, we'll talk with... Dinesh D'Souza, the uh, producer, along with his wife, Debbie, of 2000 Mules, the uh, documentary that's getting a ton of attention across the country. Uh, people are cluing in on uh, exactly what's happening. As I as I, uh, I was saying in, prep- in preparing for that interview, I was telling one of my colleagues, if you uh, look at what Dinesh D'Souza did, he laid the breadcrumbs to uh, along the path to follow to get to the bottom of what what happened and either prove or disprove that there was any any shenanigans and will anyone take it up oh that's the question i want to ask him will people take up what he showed what he showed with facts and data it leads it doesn't it doesn't guarantee doesn't prove that there was a problem in 2020 but it shows something was going on and now get to the bottom of it we'll see we'll talk with him all right uh that will be great we'll also talk with mike davis our old friend mike davis who is the president and founder of the article three project uh we'll talk about the justices and the supreme court and where we are in terms of security themselves and what's going on because it's now supreme court um decision time uh, we're offering we're seeing decisions offered and handed down uh, uh more frequently almost each monday so talking mike davis in a moment but first what you need to know what you need to know today is here's a warning here's a warning in just a few days we're going to see up to eighteen thousand illegal aliens pouring across our border Because Title 42, which was used to limit the number of people that could come across through our border, we we didn't build a wall, we don't have a secure border yet completely, but Title 42 was a part of the United States law that was used, and it was because of COVID actually, it was used to say, hey, stop uh, the process of letting people come in. Well, they're letting that lapse, and even the uh, Biden administration, the Department of Homeland Security, is predicting this flood of illegal aliens is coming. The Biden administration is preparing by building camps, to allow them to come in and other safety measures, so hopefully so people don't die. We don't root for anyone dying. We don't root for anyone dying. But what we know is if you allow 18,000 people every day to cross through our borders, that's the ones we know. We'll be able to know that number. We're talking about millions of people ultimately that would come over the course of a year or a couple of years. But all the things that come with it are horrendous, horrendous sex trafficking, fentanyl i'll talk about in a moment and just it's just lawlessness it's just a disaster and forget don't be afraid of the people who say it's a replacement theory all this stuff it doesn't matter that that distinction does not matter what matters is why would the cartels who control the mexican side of the border be in charge of our immigration policy because that's who lets people in now the people who come to America on our southern border are not being let in by a policy of Congress, even a policy of Joe Biden, because the Mexican cartels, the drug dealing, sex trafficking cartels control the border. 
They tell us who comes into our country. Think about that. They allow sex traffickers, drug dealers, or drug mules. They allow uh, um, anti-American terror watch list folks. Probably the Chinese are doing something. So it's an abject disaster, and it's coming, and you should be... If you don't hear of it every day from the news, the news is lying to us, which they are. Now, I do want to transition. I, one of the things I did want to highlight, um, how, how amazing is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, in terms of seeing things that are going on and making decisions as a governor that are within his limits, within his power, and therefore making a difference. There's a story out that he signed a new uh, law that basically treats the people as a state law, the Florida state law, that it tracks back to who is dealing fentanyl and makes the people who are dealing fentanyl liable in a more significant way, way, including the death sentence, if the drugs that they're dealing kill someone. Now, why is that important? Well, as someone else said, another commentator said, DeSantis, and I'll put this article up on social media, DeSantis has basically said, we know that 107,000 people in America die every year now from overdose. They're not overdosing on cocaine. You don't die from that. They may be overdosing from heroin. It happens, but it's mostly fentanyl coming from China through our southern border, period. Todd Benzman, Center for Immigration Studies, the senior national security fellow has written about that. He's spoken about it. He was on the program last week. 107,000 people die of overdoses. It comes through our southern border. The fentanyl is made by from, from uh, constituent parts, pieces, uh, ingredients, that's the right word, that are put together that are coming from China killing 107,000 people a year. And the point is, if you're dealing fentanyl, you are a killer. It's not like someone takes, um, uh, you know, buys a, a, a pound of cocaine and ingests all of it and dies. And you say, well, that's somebody who went a little bit too far. But, you know, 99.9% of the people that buy cocaine, they don't die. It's very high. If you, if you take fentanyl, you die, especially the wrong fentanyl, you know, the wrong amounts, you die, period. Everybody knows that. So DeSantis does what's really great and says, if you're dealing fentanyl, you get the death penalty. Now, by the way, the death penalty is not great. And again, I don't like dying. I don't like suffering. I, we all can say that right over and over again. We want to be both politically correct and kind. I, I, nobody wants to be nasty. But if you knowingly are a dealer and the dealing you do is killing people, you don't get to say, oh, well, I just I didn't think about it. No, here in Florida, at least, you're going to be on the hook and big time. I just think that's great. Uh, it's great leadership because even if you, for example, are, uh, uh, are someone or one of these uh, people who's embraced the anti-death penalty thing, and I tell you, I don't trust the government to do my taxes, let alone uh, put people to death. So I'm, I'm, not, in the, I'm not someone in because you can't fix that one. On the other hand, I do think there are times when it's necessary. This is one of them. This is one of them. Because we're watching mostly men in their prime of their life being struck down as a strategy, as a, as a tactic of people that don't like America. Because I'll tell you this, drug dealers want you hooked on drugs so they can keep selling it to you. So this is not people that are dying from this. They, these are dying. This is a, and they know this with fentanyl. So thank you to Ron DeSantis, but let's go back to why wouldn't we, and this came up two weeks ago when a, a book came out, why wouldn't we bomb the cartels? Why wouldn't you send a missile 
into the cartels. The cartels are putting these drugs, fentanyl, into our streets and killing our kids. Again, not just hooking our kids, causing them disturbances, not just making our kids lack uh, unproductive or Americans unproductive, killing them, killing them. When someone is actively killing people, you don't sit around and say, well, I wonder what we could do. I wonder how we'd handle this. No, you say, let's fix that. Let's go ahead and fix that in as big a way as we possibly can. Let's fix that. Let's go ahead and pass laws and change policies. to st- And that's what we should do on the border. And I think the cartel should be held responsible. And of course, China should be held responsible. Joe Biden was in China at the end of this week. And he's doing none of the things that are really serious. In fact, all the things about how we shifted our feeling towards the Chinese regime are going back. There's a lengthy piece in the ESPN.com about how intertwined the NBA is in China because it's a 10 billion with a B, 10 billion dollar market for the NBA. And Joe Biden's doing nothing about that. I can tell you that. I mean, again, that I, we we, didn't, we hadn't banned the NBA going to China yet, but we certainly were making it more difficult for, for American companies to go to China and to sell in China and to be exploited in China. It's all the things are going in the wrong direction. And Joe Biden's poll numbers are now out. He's at the lowest ever in his presidency. Democrat approval rating and Democrat, the generic ballot and voting is at the lowest ever. And here's the last thing you need to know. Even NBC News is finally covering Joe Biden, excuse me, Hunter Biden's laptop. Mark my words. This isn't original for me, but mark my words. The Democrats will find a way to get rid of Joe Biden as their nominee and as their president after the midterm elections. They will find a way. The only problem is they got Kamala right after. It doesn't help them much with pop- in terms of people caring and wanting uh, to have that person be president. Uh, but in the White House, he's a figurehead anyway, and they'll get rid of him. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right, we've got to take a break. Uh, do me a favor, by the way, uh, as much as you can with these great segments, pass them on to your friends and neighbors. Like this on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, friend things, forward them. It makes a big difference to get the word out there. So thank you for doing that. All right, we will take a break, and we'll be back. We'll be back in a moment with Dinesh D'Souza. 2000 Mules documentary that he's produced. We'll have an interview with him and a lot more. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Nothing has dominated the conversation uh, in many ways. No matter what pops up, there could be a there could be a a a, a, um, a Buffalo uh, shooting. Uh, you know, terrible stuff. It could be President Biden stumbling uh, war in the world. The grassroots is talking about 2000 mules and Dinesh D'Souza did it again. He's done it with in the past. He's done it with books. He's got a podcast that's uh, incredibly valuable. But 2000 mules go to 2000 mules dot com. Dinesh D'Souza, his wife, Debbie, they uh, put this movie together and the impact has been extraordinary. And we'll talk about how I see that impact. But first, let me welcome Dinesh D'Souza to the program. Dinesh, how are you? Thank you for coming on. Uh, hey, I'm doing great, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we were just talking off the air, too. The big news is the movie, 2000 Mules, it's a tough thing to put a movie out that actually says something true like this. It's in the theaters, though, this weekend, which is a big deal. Uh, tell me about that. 
Well, it's a very tricky movie because it's, it's being released in an age of censorship. It's released at a time when you can't put the trailer up on YouTube. You can't right. advertise on Facebook. Right. I didn't want to put the movie on any uh, sort of cancelable platforms. Um, but I did a very limited theatrical, May 2nd and May 4th, 300 theaters, but just one showing each day. And we filled the theaters. So now all these theaters have come to us and said, hey, we want to open the movie normally, four showings a day. So this weekend, 400 theaters um, four showings a day. Great way to see the movie. It's made for the theater. I mean, what's, it's fun to see it at home or on your TV, but going to the theater, especially with other people who are very interested in this topic, is a whole different experience. So 2000meals.com is the website. You can click on a ticketing site, put in your zip code. It'll tell you where the movie's playing near you, and off you go. Uh, thank you, Dinesh. Thanks for that. And we'll, we'll put that up on social media and push people. A lot of folks, as you mentioned, the early release, there were watch parties and people came together and it worked well. But this is really great. Um, for, before I get to my question about the, the, uh, the, move, the movie in general, that, that must have been your plan or your hope to run the tables like this, right? Get just enough censorship that you, people talk about it but not get blocked completely because you couldn't the way you set it up. But now it's kind of in a funny way. And I'm mean, getting to my substantive question. The 2000 meals, when you watch it, it doesn't draw all the conclusions. It just says, here's all these facts. Where does this end up? Right. I mean, that's one of the things that's, I think, very smart about it. But but you are you surprised that you succeeded in getting to the theaters? Well, it, it, it went into the theaters the right way. I think if it had gone in the theaters in the beginning and people started screaming, the theaters would have freaked out. And right. I didn't want that to happen where I'm in all these theaters and then they start pulling the movie. This is the most censored topic in America. I mean, they, they censor, you know, COVID and they censor climate change and they censor the trans issue. But no topic is more aggressively censored than election fraud. Um, and I try, I wanted to make the movie in a very sober, exploratory way. When Salem Media told me we would like to have some of our Salem hosts in the movie, uh, I got the idea of bringing them in, just talking without telling them anything about the movie, uh, talking about what we know and don't know about election fraud, then showing them the evidence, but recording them on camera to get their spontaneous reactions, because I knew they'd have a lot of questions, and I knew that their questions would mirror the questions of people in the audience. So I think this technique has worked really well. The movie is not heavy-handed. It doesn't shout at you. It shows you things, almost as if you're a juror sitting in a jury box, and you can draw your own conclusions. That's what, that's kind of how I, that's how I uh, felt. It was like, it was kind of an argument like that. It was, and it was not, I mean, your style, we're talking about Dinesh D'Souza, your style is not sort of heavy handed. Even when you're arguing, you're kind of um, you, your whole uh, personality is like, Hey, let me explain this to you. And once I'm done, you, you won't be able to unsee the, the truth of this. Uh, but Dinesh, and by the way, let me say again, 2000 mules.com for people to go not only find out if they want to buy the DVD, but also now in the, in theaters uh, starting on Friday, May 20th, you can search for uh, a theater, near you and you can go see it in the theaters. Um, Dinesh, you are in a unique position to have watched and lived through um, the cancel culture, which includes, in my mind, lawfare, you know, targeted uh, enforcement of the law against political opponents. People think it started with Lois Lerner and the IRS under Obama. <laughs> That's just the beginning. But now all the way through your situation, General Flynn, and now watching the cancel culture expand, you know, they've obviously targeting Tucker Carlson. It seems to me, you know, that his voice, they need to silence. 
are are you sensing that the tide's turning? Um, are you sensing that we're in a, a, a you know fight as we are sort of retreating to the to the parapets? I mean, how how do you feel about this? Because this is not a new. In a way, when you look at this and say so many people were manipulating the law, or say it differently, two thousand mules shows. Uh, facts that seem to look like people at least manipulating the the law, maybe within the rules or breaking the law. How do you feel about the general state of America? Look, I think the tide is turning. Um, I'll speak. Well, generally, the Biden um, administration is kind of imploding. I think that's making people almost have a certain kind of wishful thinking about, gee, this would this all be happening if Trump were in office? Um, I think also that there's been a turnaround on social media. I mean, Twitter is a really good example. The very prospect of Elon Musk coming in on Twitter has totally changed the vibe on Twitter. Um, I put all kinds of stuff about election fraud on Twitter without even the fear of being banned, which would not have been the case a year ago. So I think people have begun to realize that the left is assaulting our basic liberties, assaulting free speech rights to conscience, equal rights under the law, and now the very integrity of our of our election. This movie, I think, is doing a lot to, well, it's rewriting the rules of the internet a little bit, because when the big video platform called Rumble came to me, they're like, look, we want to put this movie on our platform called Locals. It's the first movie we're featuring ever. And quite honestly, it's going to inspire creators, content creators, to start mm-hmm. releasing movies in a new way. So yeah. that's, I think, pretty exciting. Um, and also, we're, we're helping to pull down the walls of censorship because, look, I just had a conversation with the Washington Post. They recorded it for about an hour. It's about 10,000 words in the Washington Post. And what's the subject? Election fraud. So mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Go pull down the Washington Post <laughs> if you post it on Facebook? Right. So right. it's making it awkward for them because, they, because there's a debate about it now. And who can cancel a debate? Well, again, we're talking with Dinesh D'Souza and go to 2000mules.com to uh, find out where you can go in the theaters uh, starting on May 20th, uh, available in theaters, put in your zip code and all. Uh, I think you're right. I think, I mean, I again, um, Dinesh D'Souza, no matter what, I, I've never seen you. I'm sure your wife, Debbie, could tell me differently, but you have a sort of sunny uh, disposition. Even when you deliver bad news, there's a sort of vibe of you. So I think I share your optimism. However, and let me drop one footnote and say, People don't know a lot of things about a lot of things, but I've been helping the January 6th defendants, some who are in uh, prison here in D.C. as a pro bono attorney. And in one of the groups, the uh, Patriot Freedom Project that Cynthia Hughes had, we had her as a guest. One of the earliest backers who helped uh, and encouraged her was Dinesh D'Souza and his wife, Debbie, an extraordinary gratitude as I've helped find out how to help these families, not just the guys in jail who need help and, and support, but their families and others. Um, and so I, I wanted to give that shout out to Nesh for your kindness uh, to those in need. I don't think anybody would ever know if I didn't say it. And, and uh, I don't think you did a press release. It was not your thing. You're just helping. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, Dinesh, the, the, there hasn't been a really good answer to 2000 mules. There hasn't been a debunk I, I watched Scott Adams, you know, you talk about locals uh, and Scott Adams was on locals and he said, I, I watched it. I look for the debunk. There's not been a real debunk. The AP ran one story um, on about May 3rd, 2nd or 3rd, gaping holes in the claim of uh, 2000 ballot mules. But you read the whole thing. It's not really a good debunk. I mean, it's not <laughs> if they had a good debunk, they would have said, ha. Dinesh lied about this. And that's the end of it. And then they would have said, oh, Dinesh is a liar. You know, Dinesh is a liar. And they'd all go around and, and you'd have uh, Rachel Maddow doing Dinesh is a liar. Uh, and specifically, uh, when you, you must be surprised a little. Well, you're not a little surprised by that. I think you probably knew that was true. But maybe you're surprised they haven't lied about the debunk. But what's next? Do you, are people that are unable to debunk this? 
is anyone seriously going to look, for example, at who was paid to deliver ballots if that really happened? I mean, you laid out breadcrumbs. You would think someone would want to follow them. Are people following them? I think it's going to happen. Uh, look, uh, you're right about the fact that I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. The sheriff of Yuma County just opened up a criminal investigation. And that's encouraging because the mule we interview in the movie is from San Luis. She's from Yuma County, Arizona. And so that's an excellent place to start to get information. And somebody needs to talk to the mules. You know, who paid you? Who organized this? Who put this together? That's how you that's how you law enforcement would operate in any other area. And this one uh, is no different. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, January 6th, and there is an immediate relevance of this movie to January 6th, because, of course, the whole premise of January 6th, I mean, the prosecutions, is that these are insurrectionists. These are you know, sort of little Robert E. Lee's trying to overthrow the Constitution and the government. But if it can be shown that not only was that not the case, these are people who came to have to try to have adjudicated the uh, evidence for a stolen election. And there's a basis for their fears and suspicions. One of the attorneys, you might know him, Joseph McBride, who represents some January 6th defendants, said, Dinesh, I'd like to play your movie if, I, if some of my cases go to trial. I want the jury to see why my clients thought the way they did. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, again, uh, we talk about um, uh, hoaxes, right? I mean, we've, uh, there's a lot of talk about what are the hoaxes. And, I, and, you know, for example, the Russia hoax, that's the one maybe people know the best. The, the danger is, as you know, Dinesh, and this is maybe a broader question for you as a communicator, the Russia hoax which they spent years and millions of dollars. And I like to say, Dinesh, it's big government joining with big tech and big media to push a narrative that I call it the narrative machine. And the narrative machine was that Russia stole the election. When it was finally debunked, the debunk only got heard by a third of the country who already knew it was nonsense. Half the country still thinks Russia was you know, involved with the Trumps to steal the election. And as opposed to the truth that there were foreign entities involved with the Hillary Clinton campaign to mess with the election. But I guess my question is, after 2020, all the months and all the narrative machine that pounded the message saying it was a great election, it worked out great. Now we see the breadcrumbs, the facts. Um, Can you do you think you can persuade more than the people that were already open to that? And is that happening? Uh, the left is trying to stop that from happening. There are, there are two separate headlines in the last week, one from uh, Daily Beast and one from Mediaite. And I summarize them this way. We've seen this movie, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Plus us, you know. So yeah. some leftists, probably some leftist who knows the election was stolen, <laughs> is like, listen, I don't want Democrats to go see this movie because they're going to jump out of their seats. They'll go nuts. They don't want to steal elections either. So the left is trying to block the information of the movie from getting out to its own audience because it's because it's so lethal to their side. And look, I think already I don't hear now anymore the most secure election ever. I think we've truly blown that out of the water. It was stupid from the from the beginning, because, frankly, you cannot say something is the most secure election ever unless you show me a comparison between the volume of fraud in 2020 compared to 2016, 2012, 2008, 2004. Prove to me that the fraud was less in 2020 than all those previous elections. And not only has no one uh, successfully done that, no one's even attempted it. 
Yeah, no, that's exactly that's well said. All right, Dinesh, I, I just have one uh, uh, sort of last question, sort of global question. Donald Trump becomes president. There's this energy in the country in terms of a, a vision for the future. Um, it shatters a lot of the norms of politics. You know, you, before Trump, you you really had to be a Republican. You had to be sort of for uh, free markets and therefore multilateral trade deals would work out if we negotiated them well. And, the, and immigration would equal out if we just don't worry too much about it, all this kind of stuff. Where do you see and, you know, again, your, your long career as, as a writer and a commentator and having a sense of history, where is this sort of a national populist movement that's I think Trump crystallized? I don't think he only did it. I I've argued, uh, Dinesh, that it started in 08 and went through the Tea Party and went through even the Bernie bros and all into Trump. But where are we in this country? What do you see coming? What do you is it is it a realignment? Do you have confidence that the Republican Party who has plenty of people who have enjoyed being in power and perhaps I bet had some instinct or a, a part in electoral fraud, too? I mean, I don't think it was one. I don't think the Democrats are the only ones who choose to use power that way. Where do you think we are in this country in terms of the the, the politics of the movement of, of people. There's a remaking that's going on inside of the Republican Party. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going to, quote, get rid of the establishment. Quite frankly, we need an establishment. We also need elites. I mean, any movement to be successful need elites. If we're going to put people on the Supreme Court, we need people who have gone to really good law schools, who have been right. Uh, right. trial lawyers, who have been experienced as judges. So we can't dispose of the elites. Uh, what we want is that we want elites that are on our side, elites <laughs> that work for the ordinary guy. And right. that's really what's happening. And I think also this issue of election fraud has now become so main mainstreamed that Republican candidates who do not confront the reality of the 2020 election are going to pay a, a heavy political price for it. So the, the balance is tipped and Mastriano's success, for example, in Pennsylvania, just a good example. It's not just the Trump endorsement is that that guy will speak about the unspeakable issue of election fraud. And I think that if guys like Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio, they there's a tsunami that's going to come and hit them if they if they try to ignore this issue the way they have been. Well, it's wonderful you said that because Mastriano, I was talking to somebody just this morning before our interview who said that the pollsters and the establishment said he'll get 20 percent, 19 percent, 18 percent, got 45 percent of the people in the grassroots that said, hey, we, we know you're saying what we believe in. We know you're on our side fighting. And so, uh, well, Dinesh D'Souza, again, the film is 2000 Mules. Go to 2000mules.com. By the way, that's two zero 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 mules dot com and sign up there find out there where in theaters starting on friday may 20th uh, uh lots of theaters near you you can watch the movie thanks dinesh for uh for the um, all the good efforts and for taking the time with us today hey ed always a pleasure thank you you're welcome we'll take a break everybody we'll come back and i'll, I'll remind you i'll put this up over on social media uh, at proamericareport.com also and we can uh and we'll make sure to get all the details out i'll be right back ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment <laughs> Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with our old friend, Mike Davis. Mike Davis is the founder and president of the Article 3 Project, article3project.org, article, the number 3project.org. You can see a lot there, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, Mike, before I get to my narrow question I want to ask you about, can you, uh, your experience as a clerk for... uh, uh, Justice Gorsuch and uh, uh, so and the, and your familiarity with the Supreme Court. W- what we're in mid-May. Um, what what is the timeline? Forget about the the um, controversial or, or uh, uh, famous cases that will come out like Dobbs. What is the timeline for the next few weeks? Expected timeline on when opinions come. Do they always come on Monday? And walk us through that, please. 
Yeah, generally the court hears cases from October through the end of April. And then uh, during the, the final three months of the year, it becomes opinion writing season. Generally, the most contentious cases wait until the end of June to come out. Uh, there's, there, there are internal deadlines that the chief justice tries to set for the, for, for the majority opinion, uh, concurring opinions, dissenting opinions on the various cases. So you're going to see, I would bet because the Dobbs case, Dobbs case did not come out right away after the leak, like I think it should have to send a message that you can't move the court. I, if you're going to go on the regular schedule, I anticipate that the Dobbs decision will come out at the end of June. So uh, the, I think the, the, the deadline for the dissenting opinions to circulate is around June 15th. So that's the internal deadline. And then they work back and forth. And so you'll see an opinion coming out and Dobbs towards, towards the end of June. Okay. And, 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 and so when people, but in general, you'll also see each week, there'll be some opinions out and, and all right. So, um, uh, Mike, another question before we get to the main thrust of what I, I said, uh, to one of my colleagues, let's talk to Mike Davis again. Again, it's Mike Davis, who's over at article3project.org. A ton there. Uh, his Twitter feed also is uh, worth following. Um, and, uh, article three, by the way, article, the number three project.org. Um, but, um, Mike, the um, the leaker hasn't been identified, but uh, and by by the way, it's at Article Three Project. Same thing on Twitter, but it's just because it's not publicly identified. Do you think they figured it out already? I don't know about that. I will say that uh, the Chief Justice did the right thing by having the Marshal of the Supreme Court, a Supreme Court officer who's in charge of the two hundred person Supreme Court police, look into this if they need help from the FBI. If they need help from the U.S. Marshals, they can deputize them and call them in. Uh, they should they should be interviewing all of the law clerks. They should subpoena emails and phone records if they have to. If they have to do polygraph examinations, they should do that. They have to get to the bottom of this leak. This is a huge breach of protocol and security at the Supreme Court. It has caused these vicious uh, death threats against Supreme Court justices and their families, such that justices and their families have to had to have been evacuated from their homes. This is unacceptable. This is unprecedented for a draft opinion to leak. They have to get to the bottom of this. And so the, the marshal needs to uh, step on it and get to the bottom of this uh, for this internal leak. Externally, the FBI, the Attorney General Merrick Garland has really fallen down on the job, dereliction of duty, by not ordering the FBI to arrest these people who are making these threats, including at the homes of Supreme Court justices and their families. This is inexcusable for Merrick Garland to give these people amnesty and not just just remember what he did to parents who pro, who showed up to protest at school board meetings. He said he was going to sit the FBI on it. These, these protesters are showing up to Supreme Court justices' homes and threatening their lives. Uh, you know, we're talking with Mike Davis. Mike, that, that's this is the thrust of one I want to ask you. There's two U.S. attorneys. So the Eastern District of Virginia, the U.S. attorney's name is Jessica Aber, A-B-E-R. And then there's a U.S. attorney for uh, the uh, District of Maryland, Eric uh, Barron, two of these two. And, and you you bring them up, you put them up, you, you name them and you said, look, these these two are Senate confirmed U.S. attorneys in Virginia and in Maryland. And you say Alito, Barrett and Thomas live in Virginia and uh, Maryland. I don't even know this to uh, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Roberts. So the six and nothing is being done. Uh, first of all, by the way, where do the rest of them live? Do we know where the other ones live? I mean, where, where does Sotomayor and Kagan live? Do we know? I mean, what states? DC. Oh, they do. DC. DC. OK, so so that's, that's so um, 
nothing is being done. Has anybody gotten a response? I think that the senators, somebody was asking questions. Is anybody saying anything or is it just uh, mums the word and they don't do their job? So we're about three weeks out from this, this leak and these threats there. Uh, the, the U S attorneys are the, per, the, the, you're correct. Those are the people responsible along with uh, the attorney general, Merrick Garland's, the Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, the Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division, Kenneth Polite, and FBI Director Chris Ray. Every single one of those people we've named, including the U.S. attorneys, are Senate-confirmed positions. And I'll tell you what, they have fallen down on the job. This is a total dereliction of duty, and they are, they are causing obstruction of justice, and they are causing death threats on Supreme Court justices at their homes. It is illegal to protest a federal judge at their homes while a case is pending for the purposes of trying to intimidate them on the case. That is federal obstruction of justice, 18 USC 1507. The FBI need to, need to start making, needs to start making arrests. And I'll tell you what, when the House Republicans take over in January, if, if, these, if these federal law enforcement officials can't even step up to protect a separate branch of government from these vicious assaults and death threats, these federal law enforcement officers should be impeached. Um, we're again, we're talking with Mike Davis. Mike, um, initially, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, I don't even know. Are they still protesting? I mean, one, one, one I, I hate to, I, I, Mike and Davis was on the show right after this leak. And we talked about um, there's no good reason. In fact, there's good reasons to uh, act right away and put the decision out because there's no good reason to wait. Um, the only reason to wait now in my mind, well, I mean, I, I guess there's lots of reasons, but one of the things I was describing to actually to my sons, we're talking about this and I said, well, it might be the very last day in part because when it was controversial, just controversial, meaning lots of questions, the justice would have that last opinion. They leave it and they'd be gone. And the Supreme Court's answer would be oh, to the media and others. We don't have any answers. Everybody's gone, right? They've gone to teach somewhere or whatever. Right now, it may be safety says it's the best thing to wait because uh, I don't know. Are the protesters still in front of people's homes or is it have they waited? They've pulled back and they're waiting for the decision to come out. They are uh, absolutely protesting. They are they are making vicious death threats online and otherwise uh, the they had to step up security massively for the justices where they have uh, huge federal police federal and local police presences in front of their homes uh, uh, kudos to uh, Virginia governor Glenn Youngkin and the Maryland governor both Republican governors for having the state police step up to protect the six justices who live in Maryland and Virginia because the attorney general, was so derelict in his in his duty. The U.S. Marshals have since stepped up and done twenty four seven around the clock protection oh. of the justices and their families. Wow. So uh, it, it, people shouldn't make the mistake that they're going to be able to get close to these justices. It will it will end up very badly for that person if they try to if they try to attack a justice. They'll end up dead. The person trying to attack them will. So they should not be stupid enough to do that. But this is just totally irresponsible. There have been constant threats by Senator Schumer uh, going to the Supreme Court and saying they're going to they're, they're going to all hear from us soon on the case. You have Jen Psaki from the White House podium cheering on these protests at their homes. We have to remember, Ed, in 2020, U.S. District Judge Esther Solis's 20 year old son, Daniel, was killed and her husband was seriously wounded, requiring numerous surgeries because some nut job found out her home address and went there, uh, went to her home and tried to intimidate her on a pending case. Th- these doxing federal judges has deadly consequences. 
I was going to ask you about that case um, uh, because that incident, that, well, that case, the murder, um, because that's the, and that, I, I assume she was I don't know. I assume she was a appointee of Obama or some Democrat, probably. I mean, knowing uh, New Jersey, whatever. But um, but that's you know, so it's not politics. It's not political at this point. It, it's just safety. And as you say, I guess, Mike, my last question would be this. The leak plus this conduct and nothing being done to me, it's it's the left's effort and and it's often effective to diminish institutions that we're supposed to respect and cherish and they do it over and over again and it feels like that's what's happening again yeah the democrats love the supreme court when they controlled it for 90 years when liberals controlled it for 90 years but trump transformed the supreme court from the five to four john roberts court to the five to four clarence thomas court with the appointment of gorsuch kavanaugh and barrett and so now the left wants to burn down the place literally They want to burn down the place. They want to murder the justices. This is insane. And it is totally this. This falls squarely on Attorney General Merrick Garland. He needs to do his damn job. Well, Mike Davis, thank you. As always, uh, we're running up against a deadline. If you go to article three, project.org, article three, the number three, project.org, you'll see uh, Mike's letter and uh, the efforts to try to urge the attorney general to do his job. Uh, Thanks. Thank you, Mike, for taking some time to be with us. Thank you, Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. I'll put up that letter on social media uh, and a lot more. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Thanks in large part to the culture of the mainstream media, many people have tunnel vision when it comes to issues. To really understand what it means to be a conservative, social issues can't be separated from foreign policy and fiscal issues. Ultimately, it all intersects at a few fundamental truths. For instance, the incredibly charitable Poland was sanctioned at an estimated cost of billions of dollars by the leftist European countries in part for not being pro-transgender enough. Hungary was sanctioned for similar reasons, although both Hungary and Poland are now taking in hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian refugees. Meanwhile, Ukraine has prohibited men of fighting age from leaving the country, which has created another crisis for the transgender agenda. Men who self-identify as women are not allowed to leave, while women who self-identify as men are changing back to their biological gender in order to escape. Yet Ukraine faces no sanction by the European Union for their own break with the radical transgender ideology. That's not the only example of foreign policy intersecting with seemingly unrelated issues. The liberal rot in D.C. snuck domestic gun control into the massive Ukraine aid bill without adequate debate. The Violence Against Women Reauthorization Act of 2022 was rushed through in a late-night session with only one Republican saying she was just trying to help Ukrainians by enacting the overall bill that sends nearly $14 billion to liberal Ukrainian politicians. This new gun control provision authorizes our federal government to deputize state and local officials to enforce federal gun laws. Why should a vote to send billions of dollars in deadly weapons to a foreign power also be used to disarm Americans? At best, such a move is logically inconsistent. At worst, It's an intentional effort to weaken our nation. Similarly, radical gender ideology seems to go out the window when men are needed to defend their homeland. Don't ignore the wartime implications of these liberal policies that only crop up in times of peace. Leftism weakens America, and that should concern all of us. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability. Never hesitating to say, America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, uh, we got to wrap things up for the weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. But listen, do me a favor. Try to see 2,000 Mules, the documentary that's now out in theaters. If you heard our interview earlier with uh, Dinesh D'Souza, pretty exciting that he actually, he's very clever. I mean, the guy's very smart. I mean, he's, uh, I think he went to Dartmouth, didn't he? I mean, he's a very, very smart guy, great communicator. And um, they sort of set this up, the documentary would come out in such a way that after the controversy at the beginning, if it was popular enough, and it has been, they thought it would be picked up to go on the air, and it did. Um, so that's very cool, very smart. Anyway, it's out in the theaters. Go to 2000mules.com, 2000mules.com, and look and see where it's available in your home uh, area. And your zip code will get you to where it's available. I think over 400 theaters. It'll keep going now that it's succeeding. If people want to watch something, people want to sell tickets, that's how this works. So go and do it. Help Dinesh. Uh, succeed so that more people pay attention. So that's my advice to you there, uh, and it, it will be good. It's a very good documentary. It's very interesting. As I said in my interview with him, it hasn't been debunked. If they had a way to say Dinesh is lying, they would have by now. So they have no way to, to, to totally de- debunk him. Therefore, I don't know. It looks like it's um, <laughs> changing the dynamic completely. All right, we got to run. Thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our producer, and Joanna Spilger, our associate producer. We'll be back next week. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.